It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. So take a seat at the table and join the conversation as we discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology and song selection. And now it's time for the show. Howdy, everybody. It is uh, Monday morning at 10.38 a.m. Pacific Time, Worship Ministry Catalyst, episode 209. I'm Joe Brookhouse, along with founder. Introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I hope you guys are having a good week. I'm glad that we're we're live on Facebook. We are late today, and that's completely on me. Um, I started playing with my setup uh, when I shouldn't have, and um, and then when we were just getting started, I pressed the power button on my computer, and we started over again. Um, <laughs> But but that is that is the world we live in right now. Is uh, pushing one one wrong little button can change so many things. That's right, and I think it, it feeds in well because we will be talking a little about um, technology today, right. not because we want to harp on technology, but because that's a bit of the um, the evolving worship world that we uh, live in today. Before we go into that, though. Uh, tell me about your weekend service. How did that go for you? Yeah, so uh, so we we mentioned last week we were talking about doing toying with the idea of doing a hybrid Facebook Live slash drive-in service. Yeah. and and um, part of and you know in one sense what happened was good because one of the reasons we wanted to try a hybrid service in the drive-in setup was so that we could start working out some of the kinks. That inevitably crop up when you start changing things. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been like you know, three months of that every single week. So I guess we're getting used to it. I'm kind of sick of it. I'm over it, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but it it's not over, over you, <laughs> right? <laughs> it uh, it will not let go of me. So yeah, um, so we we did it, and actually, except for this one thing, everything was going really smoothly. So you know, I've got this keyboard stand that I made for the stage, but I've got all of my stuff on it for our service. So my laptop, all the audio stuff, you know, everything is here somewhere, the interface. And so we rolled that out there and our our video guy came in this week and he moved all of the stuff that we'd kind of accumulated on a table onto a rolling cart that we had stocked away, stacked away somewhere from when the church used to be a, uh, a, a plant, a, you know, set up yeah, church. And so he got that all done. And so we were, we were out there and it was probably, I'd say about eight 45 and our service starts at 10. And, and we had, I mean, we had pretty much everything ready. We were, we were just about ready to start testing everything. And I, like I, if you were, if you watched last week, I had my computer crash last week. So I had a new computer and the, the last thing I had to do was install the driver for the Blackmagic uh, Ultra Studio Mini Recorder, I think is what it's called, so that I could get the the output from the switcher into the laptop to stream out to Facebook Live, right? Last thing, very last thing we had, right. to, had to test. And when I installed that driver, you, have to, you had to restart the computer, and then I just got stuck in this restart loop where it would load everything, the whole bar underneath the Apple logo would load, and then it would just stop, just sit there. 
nothing happened. So I, I would, you know, restart it again, restart it again, same thing every time. So, so instead of being able to kind of test everything thoroughly, like you know, we were going to have about an hour to test everything because we had a Zoom call, you know, that we were bringing into the service and all that stuff. And we were going to test it all and just kind of have, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes of downtime before the service started to be able to just, you know, hey, this feels pretty good today. We, we started a half an hour late. Oh, man. <laughs> Because we had to wait, because we had to wait for somebody to bring a computer, and then I had to download the uh, the Blackmagic software onto that computer and install it, and then you know it was probably it was at least ten thirty when we were supposed to start at ten. But once we got going, everything worked fine. Yeah. So oh, that, that's stress. Yeah. Um, it uh, well, I, I know how that feels, especially when you feel like people are looking at you. Because yeah, we had people in the parking lot watching me, right? Yeah, and they were there, you know, ready to ready to worship. And instead, I'm literally running around trying to track down cables and get things working. It makes me so. um, really appreciate the AV people on the worship team right. so much. In uh, well, my church isn't large enough that we have much of an AV team, really. Um, but when you, you know, I've I've led at large churches and I've led at tiny churches, and um, that is just an art form. And when uh, nobody notices them when everything is perfect, and everybody right. notices them when something is a wee bit off, you can just watch yeah. the heads turn. Like, what is yeah. wrong with you? You, um, you miss a slide cue when everyone turns around. Oh, <laughs> There's a man. Bit of feedback, everyone turns around. I I try to, on a regular basis, acknowledge the, you know, as uh, I think Paul Balash calls him, the, the lyric tech. <laughs> and uh, the guy running the board, whoever that, that person may be, um, to say, listen, they put up, they get, they get beat up by everybody. Uh, and uh, we just need to acknowledge and maybe give them a nice shout out or clap uh, when the opportunity comes. And right. when you, in this environment, uh, even more so, uh, you we're not live yet as a church, you know, when we're doing our remote stuff, but, mm -hmm. uh, and there's plenty of technical challenges anyway. And then you put the pressure like you guys had, you know, when you're dependent on one guy's computer to work right, right and all of the interfaces that we've kind of brought together. I saw a post, excuse me for just kind of going off here, but no. um, uh, this church, this guy from a church was commenting, uh, they have uh, uh, their annual budget is three quarters of a million dollars, mm. um, which is um, about 75 times larger than our church's annual right. budget. <laughs> and, um, you know, there, when, when you consider that so many of the churches in the United States and around the world really are less than 200 people, that's mm -hmm. what 90% of churches or something like that, right, right. Um, that most folks don't have a, a ton of resources right. and it takes a lot of creativity to pull things off. Right. You know, yeah, that's one of, you know, we, we mentioned, I talked to Dan trying to get some stuff figured out. And one of the things he said was um, that, you know, he doesn't trust computers for streaming he wants everything to be hardware based, and I totally support and agree with that decision. But the problem is to get to get a piece, you know, a hardware that you know, a hardware streamer is you know the cheapest one I found that's that's standalone that doesn't require a computer is like seven hundred dollars. Right. And then and then you know so I was I was I'm in this uh, church media and sound techs 
group on Facebook and uh, someone last night asked, um, is if anyone from Elevation Church in the group, would you, would you let us know how you're streaming, you know, what, what equipment you're using to stream your service? And they mentioned it. I can't remember what it was called, but I wonder how much that cost. So I went and checked it out. It was like $7,000 or $10,000 or something. I'm like, that's just, that's just out of reach. I mean, our entire AV system isn't worth that much, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, there was a, I, I've been, was doing some research over the weekend um, because we're preparing to, well, we'll talk about more about that, but I was doing some research to understand how are other churches handling the live services, what's their setup and stuff. And, you know, I'd have to filter out. I'd start reading the article and the, the guy would say, well, with our $12,000 budget, I'm like, well, let's close that tab and right. uh, let's move on to another one. Right. Uh, it's just, um, you know what? I think the thing is, is our goal is not to be hinky. You know, we, for me, one of the big things when I talk to my congregation is, listen, I, I don't want to be a barrier to your worship by being distracting. And I think technology is the same way that we have to do this in, in a way that it's good enough that it's not um, a distraction. Right. And the, you know, we have the same needs as a large church mm -hmm. and uh, a, a fraction of, of the, um, the, the, the resources to pull that right. off. One other thing I learned though, so we were using an FM transmitter uh, okay. for, the, yeah. for the parking lot and, um, it worked well and it sounded, and it sounded pretty good on, in people's cars. I went and listened to it in our car and sounded good. Um, but we had, I don't know, three or four people, including my, my wife and kids, batteries drained <laughs> by the end of the service oh from from I, I don't know if they were just maybe had instead of just having the you know the radio on on their key they had the you know they had the fan on and everything else like that so or if their batteries are just kind of right barely charged so we had to jump start three or four people after the service yesterday uh to to get people home so oh, man. <laughs> yeah so i don't know i don't know about um I like the. I mean, I like the simplicity of an FM transmitter because you're not setting up a whole sound system out out in front for people right. to hear. Um, but I don't know if we're going to stick with that just because. I don't, I don't want people. I don't want people, you know, getting stuck at the church or you know wearing down their batteries or something just to listen to the service. That doesn't seem like a, a great plan well, either. So. There's one way to guarantee you have volunteers if they can't leave. Right. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, so uh uh so we'll we'll keep doing that and then while while we're charging up, we won't jump start people's batteries, we'll charge them up. We'll bring in the battery chargers. That's right. And charge them up for them while they're helping us tear everything down. That's right. This is how we make it work. <laughs> well, what about you, how what was your uh your service like this week? Did you You know, we we are getting into our groove with the remote stuff. Um, and one of those things is getting, it, it, we've talked about it before, but just getting used to the, the, I don't know, the, the vulnerability kind of component, you know, just like as you first starting to lead worship, it takes, it could take years to get to the point where you're not, uh, you stop thinking about yourself and are able to really fully engage in worship without think, you know, without thinking, what do I look like? Or are my mm -hmm. pants too tight or whatever, you know, those things. Right. And I'm just myself getting comfortable with, Hey, 
we can make a mistake. People, people, that'll be fine. You know, just kind of normalizing to that. I did forget to check the focus on the camera. So everything is a little out of focus, which frustrating. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it after the fact. Um, and that's, you know, we run on a light crew. Uh, and that was a little frustrating. I think for me, uh, though, this week was a, is a lot about the uncertainty of, uh, in this pandemic, how will things open? How are we going to approach that? How do we balance both as church leadership and as worship team members? How do we balance ro- rolling into live services in person again? And since we're not doing anything live right now, right. there's the, okay, how we, we have to figure out how to make that happen. And I honestly feel, I told my pastor this yesterday, I'm like, I'm feeling a lot of pressure right now right. because as we were talking earlier, um, if you don't have a, a full-time tech team or even dedicated volunteers for that kind of stuff, then it's up to a few worship team members who have some technical aptitude to lead the charge and uh, like the eight, whether they're AV guys or for me as a worship leader or, or you as the pastor slash worship leader, mm-hmm. that is that uh, it, it, it's um it's a burden. And, and I want to acknowledge something you shared last week that was really helpful to me, which was the idea that you're tired, which sounds very <laughs> simple, but it reminded me of the emotional and mental weight of doing what we are doing in this environment that it's, but we should acknowledge, you know, we've got not just a pandemic, but the protests because of George Floyd and um, and, um, and 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 some of the other, um, just some of those other elements. I, I don't want to go into in great detail. I, we know what right. they are because we can't turn on the TV without being hit with them, and it's mm-hmm. heavy. And then on top of that, we're handling the logistics of a live service and pressure from a congregation that wants to be back in the same room again. It's, right. it's a lot. And I appreciate that. I want to thank you for that. Yeah, that's well, and that's, that's just been, I've been sharing that with our volunteers and, you know, our, our leadership at the church. I've just been saying, you know, I'm tired. I'm running out. I'm running out of steam here. I don't. And so, yeah. and getting a few people, you know, so for me, you know, getting other people to take on parts of it and let, you know, releasing that and and at the same time trusting that it will be okay is a, it was a big a big step forward this last week for me um, because for the first you know uh 10 11 weeks yeah 10 weeks i was the problem solver i was the i was the researcher i was the yeah. you know the the cable plugger and you know and all of that stuff and just trying to get things to work and so having somebody take that on took took quite a bit off last week. Um, but yeah, it's just, and that's, and you know, you mentioned, mentioned George Floyd. And so one of the, you know, we had, it came up a little bit yesterday in our, in our uh, comments at the end of the service. And I hadn't really addressed it. And part of that is mainly because my mind was so, you know, (laughs) so stressed out and maxed out about trying to get the service put together and, and pulled off. And making sure we still, you know, had a meaningful experience that by the time we get to the end of the service, I don't have, I have, I'm not thinking about, it was, it was our anniversary yesterday, our wedding anniversary, 17th anniversary. And um, normally I would say something right at the, the, no, thank you. 
I would I'd normally say something right at the top of the service, you know, in, in the announcements and just kind of acknowledge, you know, my wife and that kind of a thing. And I hadn't said anything. My wife sent me a message and, and <laughs> said, sorry, you know, so, so and um, but, you know, I, I, it's not that we want to ignore sometimes, you know, or neglect issues like what's going on with the with the protests and George Floyd and all of that stuff, because it is an injustice. And for us as a church, that's a big deal. You know, we're we're all about doing justice. Um, it's just we only have so much bandwidth and and right now and i th- actually think this plays into what's happening with with the protest is that not just as leaders but as a society maybe even as a world i wrote a i wrote an article on my personal blog right before all of this happened uh called living life at 11 you know right. we're we're constant we're just living life over you know, we're, if our capacity is 100%, we're, we're living life at 110%. Before, we were chasing everything hard as a society. Now, we're under the weight and pressure of this, you know, the pandemic, and then now the, riot, the riots or protests, depending on uh, which, which group of people uh, are, are, are behind those things. Um, that was one of the articles I, want, I plan on writing, hope to write, is that, you know, people say that, you know, 99% of cops are good cops, and then there's 1% that are, that are bad cops. I, you know, I was watching the, the uh, protest last night before I went to bed. I was impressed with how civil and peaceful it was. And then you wake up this morning and discover that a, a small group of those people then kind of went crazy and started, you know, burning things and, and whatnot. And so, you know, but in large part, I think the people who are out there protesting are, you know, are doing a good job voicing their opinion in a peaceful manner. And that's a great a great way to deal with that. But I think everyone's just kind of, you know, they're boiled up to, they're at 210 degrees all the time. That's and right. it takes very little time to get, to get the water boiling over the pot. That's right. We're, we're at a simmer all the time. And, um, and for, and for whatever reason, I mean, there's such a, there's so many things that, that provide that input. And I think one of the things with the pandemic is it's, it, for some people, it's forced us to, to slow down. You know, um, and um, for other people, it means that they're starting to listen more. And then there's other people that, like David, who should have been at war, um, the the idle time is creating opportunity to cause trouble, either for themselves right. or for other people. So it's very interesting how um, our nature kind of leads us to respond in different ways to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that you mentioned hundred people running at 110% because we also live in a society that says if you do something healthy, like live at 80% so that you leave something there, that somehow you are not giving enough. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a shame associated in our society. I actually lost a job because I had boundaries around, mm-hmm. around that kind of stuff to say, hey, wow. you know, uh, I know this feels important and, um, but, uh, my, I have this priority here. Um, it's, it's very challenging. And so now we're in this, yeah, this shift that makes it, uh, we haven't normalized yet. I don't know if we'll get a chance to, yeah. You know, you hear people using that phrase, new normal. In reality, every day is a new normal because every day is different from the day before. So mm-hmm. we're constantly changing. It just right now, the uh, the level of change we're undergoing on a daily basis is so much greater than we're used to. Ooh, yeah. That it's it's hard for us, I think, to keep up. But 
one of the things I am thank, uh, thankful because, I, and you know, I know you're, you guys have been recording your services, and you know some mm-hmm. of our other friends around here have been recording their services. But I do feel like having stayed with life services and and now working towards learning how to how to uh, transition towards some kind of hybrid service. When when we're afforded the opportunity, we'll have figured most of it out. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, so the the learning curve the learning curve is happening right now during this season as opposed to you know several weeks later or months later depending whatever whatever it ends up being for us that we're not going to be kind of behind the behind the eight ball and for larger churches it probably wouldn't be a big deal if you've got a big tech crew and you've got two two weeks or one week to figure out all the tech you're going to do to bring and in reality, they've probably been doing it all already for years. You know, that's you, right. You know, we right. talked about Elevation Church. Well, they've been streaming their services online for years and years, so they've got all the equipment. And they, you know, they didn't, they didn't even have a hiccup, probably. Right. When it comes to what they needed to figure out, tech, you know, technically speaking. Um, but you know, for us, you know, there was there was the learning curve for the first you know eight weeks for us, eight ten weeks. What you need to do a live service, a live interactive Facebook service, and then and now there's probably a little bit of another learning curve going into the the transition into live live you know in person slash Facebook live services that it's gonna t- it's just gonna take us time to trial and error, figure things out, figure out what works, and and I you know so I do appreciate that we did that we did make a few mistakes this last week and we learned from them and we can figure out how to moving forward uh solve some of those problems and make sure that when we're when we're actually doing some kind of in-person service with people not in their cars but actually in the building we should be able to have it figured out a little bit <laughs> yeah uh, and giving ourselves grace is important mm-hmm. um uh, i don't do that as well as i should <clears throat> You know, it's one thing on a Sunday morning to make a mistake and it's not memorialized on YouTube. Right. right? <laughs> and then when you know that, oh, I could go back on YouTube and, and just see how poorly we did a few weeks ago. Yep. That's, that's hard. Uh, and uh, as we were talking before we started to record, um, we're starting to have these conversations as we feel the the, the longing for our congregations to gather back together mm-hmm. again as um, as we hear those voices. And, and you as a, you're a leader, and so you understand this, that, that you are, um, uh, as a kind of central figure, you are hearing that, and then you have to, to share that with people on the worship team. All right. Here we here we go, um, communicating to people. Hey, we're we're working on this. Mm-hmm. We don't have it perfected. Um, this may not happen in the time you want it to. It may not look or feel the way you want it to. And um, just to request some grace, patience, right. understanding. Um, and that, that, that's hard to do, especially when we have an aging congregation for me to, the people who struggle with the communi- technology are the people that would, are the hardest to, to communicate to, to say, have right. patience with us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. They're the last ones to get the message when it's delivered technically, you know, so. <laughs> right. I wonder is. A letter. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, no, you got to send out a letter to, it's to right. tell people to go go check out uh, YouTube. <laughs> well, I was thrilled uh, yesterday after the service. I got a text message from uh, a congregant who is really tech averse. And so clearly one of her family members bought her a smartphone 
And so she texted me and I just can't tell you how exciting it was to hear from her because I haven't heard from her in two and a half months. Uh, And um, it really is wonderful to hear from people. And if you are listening to this and you're not a member of a worship team or, or in the, uh, or some form of that ministry, first of all, thank you. And that's really generous of you to spend that time, but think about reaching out to members of your worship team either those that are involved or those who aren't involved right now, because if they're not involved, I know members of my team are feeling uh, a certain sadness, a loss Mm -hmm. from not being able to participate just because technologically we can't do it. Um, And then there's people like, like your team and and for myself that um, are really pouring in to this and are kind of tired and get it feeling a little burned out and know that there's a lot more work to do. So just pray for us um, and think about how you might encourage your pastor and your worship team to let them know uh, that you appreciate what they're doing. That uh, would be so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, I think uh, one of the, I'm hoping that one of the, uh, one of the side effects of going through this, time will be that that we're going to when when we do get back together we're going to appreciate a lot of things that we took oh, for man. granted <laughs> yes oh yeah you know, um whether it's just leaders or you know parishioners you know whoever it is there's going to be something i hope i hope there's going to be a sense of wow this this actually this is a really good thing and um i want to make sure that i that i'm making better making better use of it than i was before the idea that I could pull into a parking space in my church, take out my guitar, walk into the church, plug it in, and go. <laughs> right. uh, gosh, I, I miss that. I don't know that we'll, I'll ever get back to that because we've added to it, but I appreciate um, that a bit more now. And I appreciate right. my congregation so much uh, as a worship leader that not having them in front of you is such such a different experience and hollow in some ways. So mm-hmm. we miss interaction as much as y'all do. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's yeah. That's one of the things I think I mentioned it last week, you know, just having people here in the room while we were live streaming made a big difference. Yeah. Having people there yesterday in the parking lot made a big difference. You, you know, it's just, it, it really changes things to, to have other human beings around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we can adapt and get used to get used to life behind a screen and a lot of it I mean a lot of it is good a lot of it and I think a lot of it is probably even better than we ever get, gave it credit for prior to all of this but there's still something about human to human interaction that God designed us for that if we're not getting it then we have a problem right I mean That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what we're we're really wrestling with, and I, I just think that's some of the some of the unrest we have in our society right now is just you know it's people people may not they it, they it may be um, you know because before before um, all of the uh, George Floyd protests people were protesting the lockdown right I mean so. Right. You know, and so I just wonder. Maybe you know, people were just just sick of being at home by themselves and and going to go out and see people in person, yeah. Uh, even if it costs uh, costs something, and 
And now that now that I think there's uh, people have a good legitimate cause to be out in the streets for, there are a lot of people that normally probably I'm guessing a lot of people wouldn't normally be able to go because of work or whatever that are that are saying, hey, I'm not working. I'm at home tomorrow. I'm going to go spend the night on the streets of Portland and see if I can bring about any any change to our society as a result of doing that. And, you know, there I think there's just uh, and and it's it's. Um, Apparently, it's it's. I mean, I'm trying not to get political because I'm not. I don't think this is political, but um, yeah. it is a justice issue. But our there, even though it's technically against the rules right now, there seems to be a lot of flexibility from government leaders for the people breaking the rules for these protests. That not as long as you're being peaceful about it, you're allowed to be out in public. You're allowed to be in groups of people. You know, you're you're allowed to break the pandemic rules to to protest uh, uh, the the George Floyd uh, murder. I th- I think it was a murder, but I know that's um, probably unsettling to some people. But you know, it is. Uh, yeah, it's interesting though when when you look at it to to see how we're reacting and we're responding in this situation. That and I, and I think it's just because I think at least part of it, and maybe it's may, may not be over, but at least part of it is that we. We know we're supposed to be with other human beings, and that's a way to do it. It's a long way to say what I was trying to say. No, I, 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 <clears throat> I follow you. There is a, a natural tension uh, that comes with being isolated, that you are drawn to people. Um, and I, was, I went to pick up some, some takeout food for the family the other day. I had my mask on because that's what you do. And uh, a guy behind me goes, hey. I turn around, he's wearing a mask too, which I appreciated. And, uh, and he, he's looking at me and I'm looking at him like, oh, he's familiar, but I can't really tell who he is because he's wearing a mask. And he's like, he goes, <laughs> scouts. And I go, oh, yeah, Hugo's dad, you know, and I'm Sam's dad. And, and we chatted for like 15 minutes waiting for our food. And oh, when cool. it was done, I went, oh, yeah, I've been missing this. You know, that, uh, and I love my wife and I love my son and I love my, you know, Brian, who's our pastor and Jesse, who's the youth ministry, who's helping with stuff. But that's about it. That's about all the the interaction I get with people in person. And uh, when you, uh, there's a vacuum there and we are pulled into relation with people. I think, as you mentioned, God designed us that way. Mm -hmm. And to see that there's an opportunity when we see what uh, what many many people feel was an injustice, a terrible injustice. That mm-hmm. um, we, my wife and I, sat on the couch and watched so many hours of coverage mm-hmm. and cried together, um, despaired together, and then there were glimmers of hope that made me go, "God is in this world. Mm-hmm. There are people out there who want to reflect who He is to right. the world," and and I'm so grateful for that. And, um, there were people in West Lynn, my little town of West Lynn out on the corner, different, you know, different parts of the community who were out there in support of, um, they were protesting, but, you know, it's supporting, um, that justice. And I, I think that's kind of a, it's a lovely thing that we live in a country that allows us to do that. Right. Anyway, that's our timer going off, isn't yep, it? Yep, our timer's going off, so <laughs> about the about as much time as we have for today. But yeah, 
I hope this wasn't too heavy for folks today. You know, um, our, our, our goal, especially, especially for me is not that we, uh, we bring heaviness to you or, or anything like that, that we bring something that's helpful and enlightening and maybe a bit of joy to that as well. So hope we're, we're accomplishing that. Yeah. I should, I should bring some of my, uh, some of my monologue into our, cause I just did it all yesterday and could, could rehash it all here in the, in the podcast so we could make, make light of a few things, get people oh, sure. to laugh a little bit. And I've got a laugh track. So Oh, let's hear it. We <laughs> should make people happy. Yeah, uh, we could <laughs> you just hear someone <laughs> laugh and you laugh, right? I mean, <laughs> it, uh, that's a whole community thing, right? Yeah. Things are more funny when you're in a circle of people uh, right. laughing. And uh, have you ever? Okay, last thing. Have you ever been uh, around somebody and then something inane happened and you both started to laugh and it built on each other to the point where you couldn't stop laughing? Right. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. that doesn't happen by yourself. Not very often, anyway. <laughs> no, if it does, you're you're usually locked up someplace. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah those. Yeah. I was, you know, we were. I was when you were talking about masks. I was. I just remembered there were some jokes I told. I, several jokes I've told about masks, but I was. It's actually impressive that you can you could recognize somebody behind a mask because I've been in a store and you know I'm looking at somebody like I don't think even if I know this person I I don't think that I could really recognize them without seeing their whole face. Right. That's, that's impressive. I miss the smiles. I miss because I'm silly and I miss being able to let people know that I care for them by smiling at them. Right. I it's harder to do with your eyes. I'm in the grocery mm-hmm. store buying groceries. I want to let that person know I, I make a small joke or something. And I realize they have no idea that I'm joking. Right. Um, <laughs> and my mask is black. So I already look really dark and evil, you know, anyway. You just got to uh, draw a big smile on your mask with, you know. They're coming out, man. Yeah. Uh, fashion accessory for the new school year, man, is going to be masks. Well, you should have, like the emoticons, you know, how like – you could you could have a, a smiling mask, and then if somebody upsets you, you can take it off and put on your angry mask. And then if you're just kind of blah, then you just kind of got your straight face mask. And that's yeah. a lot of masks to carry and to, to change out. <laughs> we need like a little strip that you can put in there yeah. that you can slide yeah. in the one. And again, or you could just do this. <laughs> Which, but then you're breaking the rules, right? But changing the mask would be breaking the rules. That's true. You have to hold your breath. If you hold your breath. <laughs> anyway, I uh, hope you guys have a great week and yeah. I'll try to be on time next week. I appreciate your patience, David. Yeah, no, it's uh, good to chat and uh, good to build a rhythm of it. So hopefully just like we've been learning with our Sunday services, you and I will get into a rhythm of this and we'll be able to just sit down and start. <laughs> I hope so. I'll set a timer for myself in the future. <laughs> all right and uh i guess until until next time have a good week god bless folks thanks for joining us once again on the worship ministry catalyst podcast and make sure to add your voice to the conversation you can find us at twitter.com slash wm catalyst on Facebook at facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst. Or head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop us a note.